space-time, the ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 59 of the podcast and Season 3, Episode 7, The Shipment I'm still being careful from last week. Uh, this is the episode where we meet a, a big overweight guy with a bushy beard who is delivering things to lots of people around the world. And it just so happens to be the, the episode that comes out after Christmas. Crazy, hey? I didn't even plan that, but there we go. Uh, but yeah, that this is going to be... So how was your Christmas, Dan? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to the listeners behind the podcast, it's not even December as we're recording this, so um, uh, you know, put away your Mariah Careys and your uh, Bublé's. It's not happening. This is not a Christmas episode, but it just happens to be released at Christmas and happens to have a guy who's acting like Santa Claus, who is a very decent guy. Yes, fi- we finally have an antagonist, protagonist, whatever you want to say, who is a nice guy, yes. which is such a difference from last week. Any thoughts on the shipment? I really like this episode. Mm. I think it's the first one where it feels like we're really getting to the story. Yes. Definitely. It feels like, yes, now we're in it. Now now the whole sort of Zindi arc is is kicking off. You know, we, we meet, we sort of meet, is it Greylick? Greylick, yeah. Greylick Durr. Greylick Durr. Greylick Durr. Sounds like a South Park name, really, doesn't it? Greylick Durr. <laughs> they took our job. They took our job. They took your job. They took our job. They took your job. They took your job. They took your job. Take our job. I wonder whether um, his first name is Durr or Greylick. Oh, yeah, and kind of like a Bajoran first yeah. name is actually the last yeah. name thing. So Der Greylick. De Greylick. Yeah. Der Greylick sounds better. Yeah, De Greylick. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, we we'll never could, know. Could be, could be. Yes, I, uh, like, I like his attitude, actually. Yeah, he's so level-headed and such a yeah. good way of like having this character that I think we, the audience, trust him straight away. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you had the same reaction. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. I, I I can see where this episode about trust mm. actually does work. It's yeah. quite nice. Again, after last week, so nice. Um, so the shipment, um, as we found out from last week, that a weird, creepy Tarquin gave us the uh, idea that there's a shipment coming from a particular colony uh, of Zindi. And it's a great piece of information that they just happened to luck into because Tarquin was being all a bit creepy last week. Uh, They did not find this information on their own. It is pure luck that they find it out. They did not find it out on the second sphere. It wasn't through nothing they did at all. The only reason I'm laboring on this point is that maybe in a few scenes time, Reed will think that it was all their their luck and like, oh, congratulations, sir. You've done so well. I will come back to this point later. Uh, Right. 
Uh, it's the Elkar's system. Uh, for people who don't know, we locate the point in time as our first part of the episode. So you actually come in at zero minutes, 40 seconds, because they've got a full recap at the beginning of the episode. Uh, and it actually does play into this as to why they've come to the shipment. Uh, so at zero minutes and 40 seconds, we come into the episode and there's the new weapon hologram above the council. We are back with the council and their Death Star. Uh, sorry, their chemocyte laden weapon. They just say weapon, laser weapon. It's a, um, yeah, Degra says it's going to be a matter of weeks till the launch. So at this point, without anything getting in the way, no timey wiminess, no Archer, anything like that. Again, I'm probably setting up something that's going to happen next week. If Archer was not there, it would take weeks for them to launch the weapon. Just pointing that out. Okay. And that gives us up to the credits. Any thoughts on the council? We're back with the council. You've been enjoying the council so far? Yeah, I do enjoy the council. Were the yeah. addition to it or just a, oh, this is what's going on? Yeah, I mean, there's a bit of that, wasn't it? It was a bit sort of like set up. Here we go. Um, this is why we need the chemocyte. Yeah. Chemocyte, you know, it's an old sort of Star Trek thing, you know, mm. uh, uh, sort of doing chemocyte uh, smuggling and things like that on DS9 and all this sort of stuff. So you're kind of hearing some Star Trek y kind of words being thrown around. Yeah. Mm, yeah it's just a it's a setup bit isn't it but i do i do like the council mm. yeah mm. i think it's very cool um yeah after the credits we come into the control room and uh reed finally says what i was hoping he was going to say last week we're putting a lot of faith in uh, hoshi's telepathic friend telepathic <laughs> friend did he watch last week <laughs> Do you do you not mean her, her telepathic uh you know abuser or, or or some better word than that? Um, you know, he finally stood up and said, Right, there's something dodgy about this intelligence, should we be following it up? But the fact he says her friend, <laughs> oh, um, just it puts a bad taste in my mouth. And just any thoughts on they're going on this intelligence and they still have to investigate. Um even Topol is still doing her typical Vulcan. Uh, this could be anything. It could be a volcano. It could be a random glitch in our senses. Why are we going on this intelligence? Any thoughts on that? I think by this point they've got to. I mean, we've said this. We said this last week. You know, what else they're going to do? They, you know, they they got no. They 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 go flying to the expanse. Mm-hmm. They know it's a Zindi. They don't know where the Zindi are. They don't know anything about the Zindi, really, other than they know there's insectoids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as far as they're concerned at the beginning, they're just insectoids. They, you know, what are they going to do? I mean, they've just got to sort of piece together. Mm-hmm. And this is just another example of that. And, I mean, I think the reason that Reed calls him her friend is because that sort of justifies Reed's behaviour. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, you know... There's, there's too many parallels. Reed feels uncomfortable to be exposed in this way. That he, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is his behaviour, and he realises, you know. So he's just got to be our friend. It's like if I don't say something, they're going to look at me. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> oh, British men with uh, bad names in glass houses yeah. throwing stones. Oh, um, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> oh God, yeah, he was just looking out for himself. That's yeah. so Reed. That's such a Reed move. Um, but uh, 
they're going to hide behind a moon to mask yes. their warp signature. This is now the third time in Temporal Trek that anyone has ever done this. Once was back in First Contact in the 21st century, where the Enterprise hides its warp trail behind the moon. And the second time was back in Dawn, where their warp trail mm. was masked by uh, the moons. Um, so they couldn't find Trip. And now they're doing it again. It's amazing moons can do this. Yes, it's incredible, isn't it? Is that maybe part of the definition of what a moon is in the future, that it must be able to mask a warp trail? (laughs) Because planets can't seem to do that, but but moons can. So I was just wondering (laughs) if you had any thoughts on that one. (laughs) It never occurred to me, but you're right. Yeah, the moon. Yeah, hiding behind a moon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a play that we're going to see many, many times. How do they know which way the ship's going to come in? Exactly. Yeah. You know, they, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if it was a glitch in their senses, they have no idea where the traffic's coming. Yeah. It's like, or if someone's just gonna be leaning out of a porthole and they look, oh look, there's a starship just over there. Look, kind of, kind of looks like that human one we've been talking about in the news all the time. Ah, it's crazy. And then he flips on, you know, the Zindi uh, equivalent of Fox News, and it's like, oh yeah, this ship, it's a wanted ship. Oh, well, that looks like the same one over there. It's crazy. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we go. Um, Major Hayes is finally coming. Yes. Major Hayes is finally with us. Yes, He was absent for weeks and did nothing, but now he's finally coming with us. Um, The shuttle lands down and they pretend to be a meteorite. I thought it was kind of like a neat little trick, you know, bouncing off the atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. However, I will say at no point has it been said that they lost the two Suluban pods. You know, the ones with the cloaking Mm. devices? Wouldn't they have been very useful at this point? Yes. So the other thing I thought about is why are they... Why do they land 12 kilometers away? <laughs> I mean, because if they've got sensors mm-hmm. on, the, on, the, on the base, mm-hmm. then I'm guessing they will go more than 12 kilometers. Mm-hmm. So why? I mean, 12 kilometers, hard trek through that jungle. Mm-hmm. It'd take them a week to get there. <laughs> it's just like, what? That's a bike. I mean, 12 kilometers will take you forever. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. And they seem to always do this. Why do they beam down miles away from where they need to be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they say a clear landing site, but there's nowhere yeah. in a 12 kilometer <laughs> radius that's clearer than what you managed to find. Wow. What a very selective jungle that is. Um, <laughs> they walk a little bit and finally find a massive complex in the jungle after 12 kilometers. Um yeah. <laughs> we see the arboreals for the first time. Yes, we do. Now it's a weird sort of map painting shot. It's not CGI, but mm. the map painting in the background, and then you've got this film thing that's in the foreground. And the actors are doing this weird kind of arboreal walk, which I really yeah. enjoyed. But yeah. then there's the one guy who comes out the door and he just looks like he's in the hood. He's just kind of like he's got that <laughs> like he's just a guy who's just <laughs> walking around and like, hey, how are you doing? He's not doing the walk at all. So all these <laughs> other actors must have clustered together and said, oh, look, there's a really cool thing we could do as an arboreal trick. You know, they've got a little video on the on the computer behind the camera. It's like, this is what arboreals walk like. Oh, let's try that. Yeah. And then this one actor just could not be bothered. Um, just any thoughts on the look of the, fr- the structure and all that kind of stuff? It's real. It's got a real Star Wars look, isn't it? <laughs> it's almost like is there there's there that I can't remember what, what film it's in, but there's like a sort of almost like a big satellite dish thing mm. at some point. Mm-hmm. Is it on it? Is it on um Is it Force Awakens where they go on the the Star Killer base and they're yeah. walking around? 
Yeah, and, and mm. but it's almost it looks a little bit like um the base in um Return of the Jedi as well, doesn't it? Oh yes, yeah, Return of the Jedi, yeah, and the the, yeah. the walkers are outside and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. It's got but, that definitely got a Star Wars look to it. You've got the Arboreals, you've got the Ewoks, that kind of makes yeah. sense. So I think yeah. they're they're continuing this Star Wars theme that seems to have come out. So yeah, I, I can see that. That's really good. Maybe that's how they, they got through the 12 kilometers. They actually found like a walking device that the, the Zindi just left in the jungle. Um, speeders. Now, yeah, speeders. Oh, that would have been so good. A speed chase. Yeah, that would have been, that'd have been cool, wouldn't it? Um, comms channels, seemingly yeah. undetected in a very highly sensitive base that is making something that is well sought after. You know, even if they are a commercial business, which we eventually yeah. find out they are not part of the Zindi yeah. infrastructure, they are purely just there to sell chemosite to a range of different customers, but they've got no security whatsoever. Yeah. They can't detect something on a moon that's over there, and they're not detecting un- you know, unsecured channels because they at no point they say this is a secure channel, it's cracked, it's you know, uh, encrypted or anything like that. That's it. Um, there we go. They walk into a lab and they see yeah. some. Bad CGI, but at least the arboreals are all walking the same way. So they program the CGI to do the big arboreal walk, but that one actor still couldn't be bothered to do it. Um, Reed finds a compound, a weird compound, and rather than maybe leaving it alone, not touching it, getting some gloves or something, he just picks it up with his hand. Um, <laughs> at this point, uh, the arboreals walk in and we get to meet Greylick, Greylick yeah. Durr. We, we don't know his name at this point, but he is Greylick Durr. <laughs> we now get an idea that they actually need this. We get the name of it. It's called Chemosite. They need this shipment. Um, and the guys are just hiding to the side in the lab. Uh, <laughs> Clearly, our bulls are not very observant, are they? Because they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> just hunt down slightly. <laughs> I mean, we find out later that he goes hunting for tree yeah. grubs and stuff. So he must be an adept hunter and he couldn't hear three humans breathing yeah. right next to him yeah. and uh, or smell them. And they've got these massive, yeah. massive noses. Yeah. They should be able to smell something, shouldn't they? There's a very keen scent. All he notices is that the canister really wasn't where I left it. Oh, that's, yeah. that's unusual. Um, but there we go. They beam the canister back to the Enterprise again. Nothing can sense or detect a beam out to to a ship that's not even in orbit. It's in a moon. Uh, there we go. It's interesting that the the um, sensors can't pick up the the um, ship behind the moon, but mm-hmm. they can transport. Yep. <laughs> it's so inconsistent. This bit. I just didn't know why they couldn't figure stuff out. And eventually, we're going to go to like how the reptilians try and find them. That works. And again, the reptilians don't sense a ship on the far side of a moon. They don't detect communications frequencies or transporters. I mean, that's a pretty big weakness for the Zindi, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe that's the only way we can believe that this one ship, the Enterprise, is going to take on the entire Zindi all on their own. <laughs> uh, speaking of taking things on, Archer seems to have lost his superpower this week because he actually sits down in the forest with Hayes, with Reed, and they talk about, right, we're going to analyse this shipment of chemosite and we're going to track the shipment. And he explains every step of the way. <laughs> he doesn't just go, I've got a great idea, and we go straight to the next scene. He actually explains what's going on. It's crazy. Almost like being near the chemosite, maybe it's thrown him off yes. his game. Yes. I don't know. Um, 
so yeah he lost his, his superpower this week um they track down Greylick and they burst into his house yes. so maybe he loses his superpower when he's going to abduct other people ah if, i was thinking yes. maybe that's the whole reason yeah. uh but Greylick just any more gushing about Greylick and the actor because we we talked about him uh, another time but yeah um Greylick did, did did you like him yeah, you... he's cool yeah yeah, he's uh, very cool. Right from the start, he's just like sad he's voice. like a sort of avuncular old dude, and he just like chilled out. He's got like he's got a weed plantation on the side, and he just sort of <laughs> he just he's just he's like an old hippie basically, and he's like just chilled out, making you know he's doing a bit of bit of chemistry. There's a bit of chemistry on, on during his work hours. Does a bit of like drugs chemistry and in the evenings, got some acid. We never saw his office. Maybe it's full of tie dyes everywhere. Yeah, he's exactly, just yeah. sat there and just relaxed. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're going to abduct me? That's fine. I'm gonna just, just going to roll one? It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I love this actor. Uh, he's got another Star Trek credit to his name. Uh, did you ever play Star Trek Borg, the, the PC game? No, no. Great no. game. Really no, good okay. game. He was the doctor. Now, it, it's a time travel thing because they go back in time. You you play as a cadet in the future after uh, Wolf 359 has happened. And they go back in time 10 years to Wolf 359 to save the father of the cadet you're playing on as. Mm. And it was a point and click on the screen. But you're watching yep. a video episode of Star Trek. And where you where you click actually changes it as it goes through. And Greylick is played by the actor um, who was the doctor in that. And I heard that voice coming through the prosthetics, and I was like, I know exactly who that guy is. Ah, cool. It was so brilliant to sort of see the actor come back in again. Apparently, he has played other characters as well in Star Trek, but that's the one I know him from as yeah. well. It's a great game. If anyone gets a chance to play it, uh, do try and track one down. Um, so yeah, instead of Archer abductions, it's Archer abducts. Yeah. Doesn't quite work for me, but there no, we go. No, I feel a bit weird. Yes. A bit yeah, it's very weird. This is not how it's supposed to go. Um, although I do say that, Greylick is so calm, he gives nothing away, but within the first sentence, Archer is given away, you're building a weapon, you're going to kill my people, you killed seven million people. He's giving away all the intelligence as to why he's there, and Greylick has not said a word. <laughs> you can see that Archer has learned nothing from being abducted so many times, that he's so thrown off kilter, he's lost his superpower, and he doesn't know what to do. That's, what he's done, basically, is he's forgotten He's forgotten he's not being abducted, so he's like <laughs> he's trying to avoid being, being tortured, so he's just letting them know everything because he's got a bit weird he got a bit confused like what hang on i've been abducted no hang on. i've not been abducted i'm abducted what's happening um, um... this is the bit where i tell you everything after you punch me in the yeah. kidneys no exactly. no oh no <laughs> i would have loved it if that's how he got the information out gray like he just he was so weird with him so it's like right you punch me in the kidneys and then you'd you'd then tell me what you know aren't you supposed to punch me i'm sorry uh not that you'd get a good punch with those belts no Wait. those belts triple belts oh they look yeah. so comfy those outfits the arboreals oh i mean yeah he just sort of he, his belly just really feels like it's it just flows in there doesn't it it's like, oh. like there's no restriction there's no like he's not tucked in or anything he's just like nope. letting it all go go so yeah. comfy i want one yeah. of those i mean in the cost of living crisis, we haven't put the heating on for about a month now. So this, yeah. this house is freezing cold. Those onesies with that, oh, yeah. that looks so warm. Um, 
yeah, and a very Father Christmassy. You know, he's got the belt. He's got yeah. one color. He's green, yeah. so like the original Father yeah. Christmas. Um, yeah, it's just it's pretty crazy. And he's good at get. He's got a whole shipment. He's got a whole workshop. He's got you know the naughty boys and the girls. You know, he's got a yeah. list of people he has to deliver to. It's very Christmassy. Um, <laughs> it's an unintentional <laughs> Christmas episode. Maybe we should have that as that's another Nexus Nights unintentional Christmas episode. Yes, Christ- what would make a good Star Trek Christmas episode? Exactly. I love it, mate. We'll do that. <laughs> it's all about trust and friendship, this episode, which is very Christmassy themed. So yeah. there we go. Um, we find out that Chemosite is a multiphasic isotope. So he had, does give that bit of information after Archer has completely blurted out the whole reason he's there. Um, Trip and Topol then find out it's the same quantum signature as the weapon that they mm-hmm. took off an insectoid way back in Regime. So again, Regime's got a new thing. It's actually brought oh, it in. Yeah. We still have not redeemed extinction, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, you know, at least, at least, exile gave us this episode. That's the best thing we can come out from there. Uh, now, this is the point where I was going to come back to. Reed outside said, "Congratulations, sir. Three months ago, we didn't know who these indie were, and now we know where they've got their shipping, and we're going to destroy their base of operations." Um, let's recap, shall we, Reed? Uh, they attacked Earth, leaving the evidence behind in Southeast Asia. Um, to Paul, OK, worked out there was a second sphere, but they only found the first one by pure luck and they got attacked by pirates. Uh, Rajine got away with all the information. They learned absolutely bugger all. Extinction doesn't matter. And Exile, <laughs> you learned something from a creepy guy who gave something to a, a Hoshi. And now you found the shipment. And he wants to pat himself on the back for, oh, well done, sir. We're following a bit of intelligence from a dodgy guy that I didn't even trust at the beginning of this episode. Ah, I can let that out. Is that a retweet, do you think? You're a very brave man, Malcolm. Never much cared for the name Malcolm. I was rather growing fond of the name Stinky. You've had too much to drink. How about 30 years in the brig? Or maybe a good flogging? You see, you were looking at my hands. You should have been looking at my eyes. They admire my folks and they keep away the dogs with military wagger in my hand. Awfully nice. I, that was my personal retreat. I hated him for saying that. Have it, mate. Take it. Thank you very much. Own it. <laughs> he was just such a kiss ass. I hated him in this scene. <laughs> such. A... Oh, well done, sir. We're going to destroy their weapons. Yes. Oh, that's there. the other thing, of course. He immediately assumes they're going to blow stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> Which he doesn't get to do. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah. That that feels like justification. It's like you thought you were going to get it. You're not going to get it because you've been a naughty boy. You're on the naughty list, Reed. Um. Oh God. Um. Then we do get a debate as well about confirming the worst fears about the Zindis and humans. If they hurt Greylick <clears throat> or if they destroy this facility, we're just being as bad as the Zindi are. Uh, or do we, you know, are we doing this because we've genuinely got a beef? We've got 7 million people to avenge. And should we do it because it's the just and moral thing to do to stop a weapon from being built? And I, again, it's nice to have a Star Trek debate yeah. area. Um do you feel that they should have already gone the route that they're going to go later where they say, well, we could place the charges and delay them in some way. Um, Or do you feel like it's good to have at least this beginning conversation that do we kill all these people to save earth? And is it justified to do so? I think it's really interesting because I think Archer 
already in in the series or the, the season, I think there's been a I don't know if a change in Archer or whether I don't know, but already I feel like he's beginning to think differently to the way you know that that instinct to sort of revenge. Mm. Archer isn't isn't keeping up with that. He's he's changing, and I think this episode changes him massively. Mm-hmm. I think, in fact, in some ways, it I don't know if it changes everyone else as well, but it certainly changes Archer, and it leads to you know, in the end, it leads to the the the, the victory. I suppose you know, mm. I think if they had tried to defeat the Zindi as such, then how would that have happened? As you say, with one ship, mm. you know, it just they couldn't have done it. No, and this is a beginning of that change of tack from Archer. Certainly, I don't know about the others yet. But certainly Archer seems to realise that, in fact, you know, he has to... I mean, it's like I think it's like all wars, more or less, really. In the end, you have to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to find common ground. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, because that's how you solve these problems. You can, you know, look at what the Zindi did to themselves. They destroyed their entire planet because they couldn't find a solution. Mm-hmm. Now, and this is the same for, for this situation where... You know, the, there's no way that Enterprise can defeat the Zindi, mm. but you can build bridges and 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 you know and and discuss and talk and and, and make them see you as people or see you as not a, just you know this sort of vicious enemy. Yeah, that they know nothing about. This is what happens so often in, in conflicts, isn't it? You know, mm. It's a bit like sort of Northern Ireland, you know, the whole sort of idea of the Protestants and the Catholics and the um, nationalists yeah. and Republicans. Nationalists, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're, 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 they're split literally by walls and stuff in Northern You know, how can they ever talk to each other if they, they can't even, they can't literally talk to each other? And mm-hmm. so they're, they're, always, they're, they're always be the mysterious, you know, the other. They'll mm-hmm. always be not quite as the same as your, your lot. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is what I think, which is one of the strengths of this 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 season, is that you know there's this really interesting arc where Archer I think starts off wanting revenge, mm-hmm. and understandably because you know seven million people have died, so of course, and then he realizes the only way that this can be solved is by actually talking and and becoming you know and becoming real to these people the mm. Zindi don't know humans they don't know i don't think they you know they never met a human they destroyed kill, killed seven million people they had no idea what they were like mm. had no understanding of them at all so you know to them they were who who cares in a way i mean i know that's that you know but mm. it's easy to kill people when you don't know them you know, when you know somebody, it's, uh, yeah, you, you know, so I think this is the start of a really interesting arc, mm-hmm. you know, with, with, with Degra and stuff and, you know, and the whole sort of thing and when he meets the, the counts and all the rest of it. Yeah. And it's the only way they could have won. Yeah. I mean, it's that great line with uh, Greylick when um, uh, Archer does give him all the information. He says, you attacked Earth. I'm from Earth. And Greylick's like, is that supposed to mean something to me? And it's only that Earth-centric way of viewing of how important humans yeah. are that you would think that. But yeah, to him, 
he's never heard of earth before yeah. he's just a chemocyte uh, dealer he just makes yeah. and purifies chemocyte he, he even he, he's not even involved in weapons tech yeah. he just happens to have one application for what he creates um yeah and to say already at this point we need to destroy this facility and which is where reed's coming from yes tactically that makes sense you know you want to delay your enemy and stuff like this but uh, the fact he's he's already willing to murder every arboreal that he can see on this planet um, but archer hasn't gone that far and, and does want to go that way and says well let's just create charges to destroy the facility but not necessarily the colony and do it that way um and i suppose that is one thing that we did get in extinction is that at the end archer wasn't willing to give up that society he kept that virus yep. you know the thing maybe you're, you're desperate maybe. aren't you you're desperate to i just want that 45 minutes of my life to mean something <laughs> i'm sorry uh well hour and a half because you had to watch it twice yeah. um he brings in twisted bits of metal as evidence that's not gonna work is it i mean it's never worked on him when he's been abducted why would it work on graylick <laughs> um flocks and trip now dissect the weapon to try and learn mm. a little bit more as well and Flock says it's the most sophisticated bit of bioengineering he's ever seen. Last year, he met the Borg. <laughs> so, I mean, are the Borg just sitting over there? Am I just nothing to you? I'm sorry. In a, in a hive mind way of saying it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, are could... we, surely? Yeah, we. <laughs> we are we just. <laughs> um, oh, God. It just. There's been no impact from that Borg episode whatsoever. <laughs> no. They didn't learn anything. They didn't try and figure out what it was. I mean, they could have used the the little nanovirus. Did it? Turn, did he save a couple of nanites in a little pot somewhere? He infects the the weapon with them. I don't know. Um, but they take out the little slug. It's literally a slug. It's a slug weapon and a slug. Yeah. Uh, and he touches it. He smells it. He doesn't yeah. think. Again, nobody puts gloves on in this episode. <laughs> That is one thing that annoyed me this episode, I will say. Uh, Greylick uh, now scans this uh, piece of metal. He now is sort of believing this story that it's coming across. We learn about the five species. Oh, I suppose it is five species. Well, there was a sixth, the avian species. We learn this wonderful story, the backstory of the Zindi, told in a, a wonderful way by a great actor with a great voice. Um, just any thoughts on the fact we've learned a little bit more about the Zindi as well? Yeah, that's very cool as well. And I think um, the avians are, are mm. so um, enticing, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing they didn't do it because of the cost of CGI. Yeah. That must have been what it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would have loved to have seen the avians. That's very true. Admittedly, yeah. I mean, the council chamber must get a lot of cleaning bills because you yes. imagine that circling around your head. Ah, yeah. oh, <laughs> I've got my notes there. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um sorry <laughs> he's sat on a perch just yeah <laughs> and there's just like this tiny little arboreal sweeping it away as he's trying to... <laughs> sorry uh, don't worry a t- couple more minutes there we go <coughs> get the cleaning <laughs> um but uh we get uh the reptilians arrive mm-hmm. and they want their 100 kilos of chemocyte yes. with a very deep voice reptilian yes, yes. Did that throw you out? Because it threw me out. A, a reptilian, I don't feel like should have a deep oh, voice okay. like that. I didn't. It didn't work for me. I kind of feel like he should have been another, like uh, humanoid type Zindi, or uh, ape-like Zindi, 
and I felt like there should have been another reptilian with a slightly higher voice because reptilians, oh. I don't know. I, I'm so thrown mm. in with the Gorn, I think. You know when the Gorn yeah. in the arena and it's like, yeah. it's talking like this. Reptilians just sound like that to me, and I don't know why. But a deep-voiced reptilian just didn't work, and I don't know why. Uh, just mm. any thoughts? Well, I don't know. It didn't occur to me. I did notice how deep his voice was, though. <laughs> it was remarkable, wasn't it? <laughs> I feel like he could shatter the entire settlement with his voice. He just goes yeah. very baritone and everything shakes apart. It'd be great. Um, uh, in sickbay, uh, Flox is trying to find a bioengineering way. Uh, again, he learned something from regeneration, even if he doesn't want to tell us, of defeating this weapon. Uh, they uh, find that Delta radiation is the way yes. forward, but not Omicron radiation. No, not Omicron. Yeah, which well, we've had before. So That was so gross, wasn't it? That sort of bowl of... <laughs> it's horrible. I'm never eating cereal again. I can no, tell you. No, exactly. That. What are they going to do what? with them? <laughs> He's going to have to feed him to his bat, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> They're going crazy. Oh, no, 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 no. What's he eating? Uh, it's just, yeah, don't worry. It's just a couple of slugs. Don't worry about it. But <laughs> equally, could they not expose it to Omicron radiation and overload the weapon by doing ah, that? You've got a ton of slugs just yeah, like, all just over them. Out, yeah. yeah, like create an Omicron weapon. That'd be way more devastating than killing the thing, surely. Because you just reload it with a new cartridge if it's just hmm. killed. Yeah, there we go. Greylick <clears throat> confirms that there is a shipment. Uh, he wants to help now. He has sort of been won over, and he's he gives a, a reason of being prideful in his craft, and mm. that's the reason. It's not necessarily that he trusts Archer at this point, yeah. but he he feels complicit in the death of seven million people. But it's more about the pride of what he's done with his work. And again, I was just wondering if you kind of bought that. Do you feel like the actor did enough to sort of convey that? Or do you feel like he has trusted Archer and it's just another layer? I think it's a bit of both. I think you're right. I think, you know, he's... I mean, we don't really get a lot of stuff with the Arboreals, do we, overall? Mm. But they do seem like a peaceful people. Mm. Yeah. So I can't imagine they were overly warlike or... So he would have felt guilt. And I, I think... Yeah, I think he does think of himself as a craftsman. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and does he want his craft to be used in that way? So, no, I think I think there's a bit of trust there. And I think there's also a bit of sort of pacifism, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. And I think the reptilians at one point do say, oh, they're such slow creatures or they're slow, mm. uh, you know, um, very oh, lazy creatures. Mm. And Degra tells the reptilian, maybe you could learn something from them. And, yeah. you know, it, it just proves again, they're, they're really nice as a species yeah. um uh trip test the weapon uh oh uh it's it's been triggered yeah. um he uses the force fields in the torpedo room yes, so he does. Uh, even though they are firing the weapon and to does point this out is it yeah, really she does, a good yeah. idea yeah finally to has finally pointed yeah. out maybe firing things in a torpedo room is a bad idea after two and a half years uh but they use force fields this time from voxolar so a callback for two years yeah. ago um, and uh, it overloads. They beam it out into space. No one detects this explosion. <laughs> Admittedly, it's only a rifle, probably a tiny yeah. little, and that's it on a blip on a sensor, but no one detected it. Uh, uh, planet. Uh, Dagra is watching the CGI actors who are now still walking like arboreals. There we go. No sign of that one actor who couldn't be asked. Um, the deep voice Rotillion is still trying to figure out where they are. And they hunt down the guys with drones. Yes. 
Um, those drones are bloody fast. They are. Yes, as Malcolm says, bloody yeah. fast little buggers. <laughs> um, uh, Archer gets it first time round, but yes, read the, security, read the security and Hayes, yeah, yeah. miss it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how good Archer is. Maybe he's lost his superpower, but he's got great aim. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, very again, Star Warsy for you. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Looked a little bit uh, Star Warsy to me. It reminded me of the um. There's the assassin ones in, uh, is it Revenge of the Sith? Yes, Revenge of the Sith, where they're trying to kill a Padme. And it sort of puts the slugs in. Um, It just reminded me of those. I don't know why. Uh, Which would have been quite fitting for the Cindy, considering they use slugs for their weapons as well. So I'm going to put one in, flies into a bit of Delta radiation, you get a million, and then they just start (laughs) killing people. Um, Who knows? Um, So uh, they hatched this plan about, um, what to do with Greylick. And they hide out in these caves and we get this discussion about, are you just going to kill me? Are you going to leave me in the forest? Which has seemed a bit weird. Like We've already been through quite big discussions mm. about trust. They seem to be getting on with each other. By the time they get to the cave, he says, oh, are you just going to kill me? He was being a bit more belligerent again. He was, he was being good at being abducted, way better than Archer ever has been. But he kind of doesn't like Archer now. It was just a, a weird sort of turn back on where we started on the episode. So I was just wondering if it kind of felt the same for you or? Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, later on in the episode, Greylick is quite sort of bullshy with the, the um, reptilian, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a bit of that in their character. Maybe, yeah. So he's just, just being like, you know, a bit sort of arsey. <laughs> <laughs> Lazy and bolshy. I like these guys. I'm, yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm really feeling it for our boys, and they've got a great fashion sense, very comfortable <laughs> fashion sense. I'm, yeah. I'm with them all the way at the moment, and I'm loving the hands. Whenever yes. we get to see his hands, and he gets to push it, very um, sort of uh, Planet of the Apes. Mm. I, I was thinking yeah. very. Carol almost... said the same thing actually. He just reminded me. Yeah, she said they they look like Planet of the Apes. Apes. Mm. I was I was almost expecting him to be like uh, Doctor Zaius or you know uh, <laughs> Caesar or someone. They um, have great hair as well. Have you noticed? Oh, God, A couple yes. of times when they walk away and they just got this really nice mane of hair at the back. Mm-hmm. And some of them are quite curly and I'm yeah. very envious. Back in the day when I had hair, I, my hair would always curl up. So even when I tried to grow it long, it would curl out and I hated it. But they seem to have figured out their way. I'm I'm really starting to think I'm, I'm part arboreal here because they really <laughs> do. They, they make a good case to being arboreals. Uh, if I uh, you know, die and have to come back into a fictional universe, that's what I'm coming back as. Cool. I'll make my chemocyte and I'll be happy. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Poe and Hoshi have a little job uh, that Archer wants to do. And Archer gets his groove back. He gets his superpower back because he says, I've got a little job for you. Never says anything, but they figure out what they've got to do. <laughs> uh, so it seems like once he's stopped abducting Greylick and they become friends he gets his superpower back so he realizes his kryptonite was chemocyte there we go um they they are going to track basically they're going to not only tamper with the the shipment but they're also going to track one of the bits of the shipment as well so now they're going on two fronts just like the zindi council have now got two weapons you've got your death star and your bioweapon they have now got two ways of trying to get information delay them and also track them, which is, I think, a really sensible idea. They're, they're not just sticking with one point. Um, and it comes into what we discussed last week, where Hoshi said, we don't have the luxury of having just one thing at a time. We have to do two things at, tw- at a time. Um, 
just uh, any thoughts on this gambit that they're going to finally get smart about it or is are they you know placing too much trust in in Greylick at, <clears throat> at this point no i don't think they are i think i think in the in the episode <clears throat> Greylick <clears throat> quickly becomes trustworthy mm. i think you said that earlier on that you know that we trust him from the start almost he's got mm. this just this atmosphere about him mm. you know he's he doesn't feel duplicitous. Oh, God. Can you say the word for me, please? Uh, duplicitous? Duplicitous. Thank you yeah. very much. Yes. I've just had a coffee. That's why I can say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just comes across as being very straightforward and, and you know, a decent person. Yeah. He's, so, he's got, yeah. That, he's got that twinkle think, in his eye. You know, yeah. They've got to, the, yeah, the, the tracking is a good idea. Hmm. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense. If you're going to yeah. try and find out where the shipment's going, exactly, yeah. you want to know where it is. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder why they didn't do more like that. They couldn't track the canister. They couldn't track the chemosite, put trackers on everything. So if it does mm. get separated for whatever reason, you've got several different points of information. Uh, you know, hack the database, you know, try and get Hoshi in. She's obviously an expert hacker, yeah. as we saw a couple of weeks ago. Get her down and going into the shuttle with Archer and she hacks a database whilst he's also doing it. I kind of feel like the one thing they did miss is that if they can transport people quite well, they could have sent maybe a couple more Makos, gone mm. a little bit more strategic with it. But overall, it, it seems to work. You know, yeah. Archer, it's all about trust, really. That's what the yeah. episode breaks down for. But personally, I think the only thing I would have wanted is more of a strategy that Hayes says, right, my Makos can do this, this and this. And we could get even more information and, and double our money kind of stuff. Um, uh, Reed uh, gets uh, Archer um, uh, into the shuttle and they sort of acknowledge that and they're tracking Archer. And to Paul gives this look to Reed of like, oh, God, he's going to get abducted again. <laughs> he's gone in to place the tracker and he's, oh, God, it's happening again, isn't it? And. Then there's like uh, there's a point where Reed and Hayes then call back to the ship and say, uh, we've got a little bit of a problem. And again, it cuts back to Depot and she's like, oh, crap, <laughs> Christ, not again. It, it was even his plan to get abducted. <laughs> it's just a look. And it's only if you've watched it for the last two and a half years, I think you could see that look as being that. Um <laughs> uh, and I, d- I don't know whether that was intentional or if I'm just reading too much into it. I do do that. So there we go. Greylick <clears throat> does that that classic thing of like, oh, uh, what is this yeah. thing all about? And he, oh, don't look over there. Don't look at the man inside the, behind the curtain, please. Just over this way. Um, and we get weird CGI Archer running away. Yes. Not like an arboreal. So they didn't mix up the old uh, <laughs> programming there. But he does get away with it. And they managed to track the, the shipment. Uh, Greylick now finds out that there is a threat to the Zindi mm. and Degra says it in such a matter-of-fact mm. way that it, maybe it's almost it, uh, Greylick the other way and actually realise, well, hang on a minute, should I have trusted these humans? Yes, yes. And it, it is brought up in a later conversation. Have mm. I betrayed my people to an untrustworthy species? Mm. Uh, I like that as a callback, but uh, your thoughts on this point? Yeah, I like that as a lot as well because again, what we're getting is what we get with the um, council. We're getting the opposite view. Mm. I think it's really important. I think it, it's one of the best aspects of the end of the season. Really, is that we have this. It isn't just coming from the human point of view, mm. and again, you know, from the Zindi point of view, that they are dangerous. You know, mm. at, at this point, that they this is what the Zindi understand. 
And so Greylick <clears throat> rightly questions whether he's made a mistake. Mm. But I, mean, I suppose Archer's actions were trustworthy. Like he yeah. let he let him go on his own yeah. back to the camp, back to the shipment. Yeah. Um, they could have easily killed him in the in the you know, cave, just as he said. So I suppose he's not shown himself to be untrustworthy. But yeah. genuinely, if if the guy who's buying your chemosite thinks it's a genuine reason to buy it, build a weapon based on that maybe he did the wrong thing um and it's just given just, enough information yeah. yeah unfortunately the portal that they go through the little anomaly yes. thing that these reptilians know how to use uh completely cuts out the tracker so they can't actually get it mm, sorry it was a good idea archer well yeah. done i mean you didn't explain it to us but yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> we'll trust in your superpower um as we always are about trust in this episode Greylick <clears throat> ends on one note before archer leaves Remember that not all Zindi are your enemy. And uh, a great sentiment for me. Again, if, any thoughts on that line? I think, again, it, it feeds back into what I was saying earlier about the fact yeah. that Archer is moving from a position of attack and not um, revenge and all that sort of stuff to realising that he has to gain the trust and, and, and sort of humanise the humans to, mm. the, to the Zindi. Mm. And I think this is, and and it's, I think as we move forward again, I mean, I'm trying to remember a bit, but mm. I don't think, I think Archer's attitude changes at this point. Yeah. And he does start to try to, you know, he thinks, well, we've got to make contact. We've got to somehow convince them that we're not the problem. Mm. And again, in the background, the whole thing of the um, spheres is building that, that argument for them. Yeah. So it all sort of coming together again. I think this episode is, I mean, again, maybe next week, I can't even remember what next week's episode is, but maybe next week I'll be going, oh my God, what have they done again? <laughs> but, you know, we, we, um, yeah, it's, it's a change in tone, I think, at this point. Yeah. It's, it's, that's that classic sentiment. If you've got an enemy, you need to recognize that not everyone who looks the same as that enemy is that enemy. And, uh, you know, it makes for a classic episode. It's so nice to have a proper Star Trek episode. Do you remember those things? I do. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. They're so wonderful. It's almost like the last four or five weeks have just been tough, really tough to watch. Uh, And it just, it was so nice to have themes to pull out and, you know, trust friendship not judging people by the same things or the actions of other people of the same race ah it's just oh it fills me with such joy like the warm joy the glow of christmas this episode (laughs) delivered that for me as well as well as some wonderful wonderful arboreal fashion sense um (laughs) and they leave the enterprise leaves orbit past that moon completely undetected to ominous music because things have now changed because they've got to go and chat trek down where that shipment has gone yeah. and that's it the episode yeah. ends at that point um so with that we've located the point in time there were yes. no time stamps i will yeah, say that just trying to remember we're working in a time frame here yet again for the temporal trek podcast uh so we haven't located the time but we're guessing it's another week or so since exile and we'll kind of work out where we are you're just not thinking fourth dimensionally right right i have a real problem with that Hopefully, another few weeks' time, we'll get a proper day. I, although, Reed did say three months since we've left, and that was about May time, I think I worked out, or June time. 
so we're in the September, October point of their their time sphere. But again, he said three months. It's not very inaccurate science, so it's not going to be great to get a date out of that. It's a uh, uh, timey-wimey thing. Timey what? Timey-wimey? I've, I've no idea where he picks that stuff up. Next is consequences. Question whether it addresses the consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. But learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. What are the consequences from this episode, The Shipment? Well, I think, as I've said over and over, it is that Archer moves his position, I think, or begins mm-hmm. to move his position. So it changes the whole dynamic of, of the mission. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite big consequences, really. I think, um, you know, they are a step forward. They, they know, you know, they've got a sort of, <clears throat> well, they had a tracker, whether they're about to pick the tracker up again at some point, mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so I think it's an important moment. Mm-hmm. And we we learn a full history of the Cindy. We know yeah, that yeah. that actually there were six species. We've at uh, the point at this we've only known five, but there was a sixth one that was lost because of the arrogance, because of the deception of two of the other species working together. Weirdly, they went for charges under the planet. They went to destroy the planet, the uh, insectoids and reptilians. So uh, clearly, their way of attacking the humans is just that uh, it worked for us. Why don't we try it on the humans again? Yeah. So the consequences are that the Zindi seem to have a modus operandi. They, they like to do their same thing over and over again until it works. Um, so we've got that. We've got a tainted shipment. So the, the weapon is now delayed in some respects. So even though Degra says it's a few weeks, Archer has had an impact at least. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've, we've got a tracker out there that hopefully we can find at some point. Yeah, so quite consequential. Mm. And again, really nice to have an episode be consequential again. <laughs> I'm not saying that I haven't enjoyed the last five weeks. No. Um, but it, this also comes back to this thing. I, I remember I said it about a year ago, I think, where the thing about season three is I really didn't like the episodes that stepped away from the arc. Mm. And so far, I've been proved right. There are some episodes, I think, that aren't anything to do with the arc that I really do like, and I'm hoping are the exception to that rule. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so far we've had episodes that sort of push the plot forward but you could have retold them yep. in a million different better ways uh, as star trek has done with other series and this one finally felt like it was part of the arc could not have gone any other way there are niggles and story points sure but it feels like we're finally back on track and we're trying to find this indie uh, we're not dealing with exiles who are being creepy and people turning into monkey men there you go um so that's consequences alterations expansions uh, i know i think Graylick <clears throat> does come back doesn't he he gets mentioned or we, we talk to him one remember. more time it's like a i seem to f- feel like i see a garbled communication that okay. Graylick is sending them information but i can't remember if that's it's just in said or whether i've just pictured it and made it up in my mind so i think Graylick <clears throat> comes back but i would love Graylick <clears throat> to have been yeah a constant presence throughout season three from this point onwards and maybe into season four actually we pick up with this indians like what's that been happening since the expanse you know all this sort of stuff i kind of feel like we missed a trick not having graded come back in some way anything else that you would want to see revisited or changed about the episode 
No, do you know what? After all the sort of ropey episodes, I'm going to just go, <laughs> no, do you know what? I'm happy with this one. Yeah. Let's just stick with it. Mm. You know, we could, you could always expand. You can always alter. But actually, I think this is a pretty decent episode, and I'm going to just go, thank you for doing a decent episode. <laughs> thank you, Enterprise writers. Yeah. Thank you so much. And it was episode seven. So uh, yes. in season two, we had the seventh where they let us down, and this one they got it back. So well done. Yep. And they've delivered a not Christmas Christmas episode, really, for us. Yes, so perfect. Absolutely. Oh, so, yeah. one alteration. One alteration. Go for it. For this, for the Temple Trek, mm. not for the episode. And that is that you forgot to do Dan Dan. Ah, did I? In the episode. Oh, no. I completely forgot. Oh. So I'm going to put it in now, just for the <laughs> completed. So... You have been listening. I mean, I know we're not quite at the end of the episode, but you have been listening in classic British sitcom style. You have been listening to Dan and Dan. And between us, we are... Dan. Dan. There we go. Maybe I'll find some Christmas uh, tingly music and I'll put it in the background as well. We'll have a little Christmas version of our jingle. Um, Oh, my God, I can't believe I forgot to do that. Yeah. Wow. There we go. I've I've lost it. Christmas. I've eaten too many mince pies, obviously. (laughs) I'm feeling the effects in the future of those mince pies, and it's affected me now. That's the Temple Trek way. That's what it is. is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that's thrown me out. (laughs) I will start coughing from coffee now. <coughs> there we go okay uh so that is alterations expansions we move on to recommendations the pirate criteria ours what did you think of the story from my perspective that's one way of looking at it i'm going to recommend that i did remember uh yes. so recommendations for star trek fans is it a good episode of star trek in and of itself yes it is a good episode of star trek in and of itself it does have a problem in that it is part of an arc so it is quite difficult to recommend as a single episode but i think if you had watched enterprise season three before and you just wanted to dip in mm-hmm. i think this is a pretty good episode to dip into and you know if you'd watched Expanse, Zindi, Anomaly. Mm. Just watch the recap where we find out that Tarquin gave us a bit of information and then straight into this, you would have missed nothing. Yeah. yeah. Like there's literally nothing because I know Regine kind of brings up the idea that they've they've got this second attack of a bioweapon. Yeah. But really, I mean, it stands to reason that a military structure would have several weapons at their disposal. So you wouldn't need to know that they suddenly now have the data. They could have figured that out for themselves. Um, so you know you could easily see this as the next con- uh, next episode in a series and just forget the last four weeks quite easily. Hopefully, wish that we could forget from the last four weeks. Um, but that's it. So yeah, I-, I-, I agree with you. It's a really good episode, a lovely performance from a guest character, and you really do believe that you could trust this guy. Um, and yeah, Santa is an arboreal. The other thing, of course, well. I forgot to add in consequences mm-hmm. is that when we go to a Star Trek con, we mm-hmm. have to cosplay 
great experience, <clears throat> didn't we? Yes, we do. Hairy hands, big yeah. hair. Oh, just walking around, just strutting around. Or one of us does the, I'll be the actor who yeah. couldn't be bothered. And then if you want to do the arboreal or I'll do the other way around, that'd be fine. Oh, God, that'd be so good. Carrying around canisters of chemocyte. That'd be great. Oh, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> is that supposed to mean something to me? Um, so to non-Star Trek fans, do you think that this is a good way of getting them in? I know that it is stuck in the arc, mm. but do you feel like the performances, do you feel like the theme comes across strongly enough for a new fan to draw them in? Oh, this could be Star Trek. This could be something interesting. Yeah, yes, I sort of do. I think it's, I wouldn't recommend this episode. Yeah, that's what I was coming from. But if if you were like flicking across the television mm-hmm. and it come up and you started to watch it without really knowing, I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. I don't think it's one you can recommend as a starting point mm. because of the sort of problems with being in the, the arc and all the rest of it. But it would be a great episode to stumble across. Mm. I think yeah yeah because I, I suppose they could lobby that that argument of oh everything's solved in 40 minutes like they gained his trust in in less than that time and we're suddenly trusting this guy now you know but i think the actor gives a good enough performance that he would actually genuinely convince you that archer has won his trust and, and has convinced him um so i i could recommend it but yeah like you say not not the first thing i go to but it's a really solid episode and a really yeah. nice return to season three as an arc. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, I forgot to plug the laptop in. It just oh. <laughs> <laughs> would have just suddenly gone down. Done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, recommendations. I'm going a tentative yes yeah, with this one. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not a full yeah. solid yes. It's no. like a, a tainted shipment of chemocyte. Yes, it it's is. there, but it's not quite what you think it could be. Again, I'm trying to find segues for these episodes. It never works. So that's it. All that remains yes. is to set up for the next week's episode. But before we do that, we always sell our podcast. So where can people find you, Dan? Academic Trick Forty Seven on Twitter. Um. Last week, I mentioned the fact that it may not be there anymore. So if it's not there, uh, Academic Trek at MacedonApp.uk on Macedon. Um, I haven't posted anything there yet. In fact, all I've done is repost, retoot. I can't remember what they call it now. Yeah. Your your um, your advert for our, one of our episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But who knows where we'd be? I don't know. Yeah, I'm all over the place with this. Um, I've posted a picture of what my screen looks like at the moment. I've put compiled the three alternatives yes. to Twitter with it. So I've got we've got a Discord server, we've got yep. a Mastodon, and we've got a Hive as well. Which yeah, at, at the moment yeah. at the moment looks like Twitter, but yes. it seems very very quiet. I'm not yes. really finding anything yeah. at the moment. No, me too. And yeah. it's really difficult to use. Have you tried like copy and pasting information in or? Or typing stuff, it doesn't automatically do, do all like capital letters and stuff. So you've got to go okay. back and and edit yourself as you're going through. Yeah. So nothing seems to quite replicate Twitter just no. yet. No. Um, but yeah, so Hive looks the right thing, but doesn't quite work the same. Mastodon doesn't work the same, no. uh, but is at least easier to share. So yeah, yeah there's 
swings and roundabouts. There we go. Not all social medias are the same, and I hope we can never judge one social media by the other. Indeed. There, there we Absolutely. go. What a what a warming message for yes. the end of 2022 as well. Um, and this will be it. I think this is now the last episode for 2022 wow. as I'm releasing this. And then our next episode will be in the new year, I think. If I'm not, if I'm not right, I'll eat my words later when I have to edit this. But um, uh, I'll edit myself then coming back and say, no, shut up, Dan. <laughs> still got another week yet. Um, but uh, so we're going to set up next week's episode. Join us next week for season three, episode 60 of the podcast. Season three, episode eight, Twilight. However, it is Twilight 2153, only scenes from 2153. And this one is only from five minutes exactly, no seconds. And it's going to go all the way up to six minutes and 31 seconds. And then another little chunk at the very end of the episode as well, as we are only doing the scenes for that day, 2153. This is Twilight part one of many parts of watching Twilight some of which we won't get to till after we finish season four. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dan. I'm so sorry. I have destroyed possibly the best episode of season Yes, three. it's one of the best episodes, isn't it? Yeah. Because the Temple Trek is such a stupid yeah. way of watching Star Trek. <laughs> yes, I am admitting this podcast is utterly ridiculous. Um, so, yes, join us next time at five minutes exactly for Twilight. As, uh, yeah, Archer is, uh, is in a hallway with T'Pol and something's going to go down. <laughs> Yeah. right uh as always thank you so much for listening thank you so much for listening for 2022 if it is the last episode if it's not ignore me and you've got another week to go and uh we'll see you in another time stream we will indeed great lick great lick they took our job they took our job they took our job they took our job I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temporal Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temporal Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music 
Birthright by Audio Binger is royalty free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream.